When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. I think most people out there right now, if you were given the opportunity to buy stock and hold for the next decade in any quarterback in the NFL, your choice would be Patrick Mahomes. I think it would be hard, you'd be hard pressed to do any better than Patrick Mahomes, who is right now putting up numbers the likes of which we have never seen before. He's got a 71% completion percentage. He's throwing for nearly 400 yards a game. He's on pace for 56 touchdowns or whatever the heck it is, something crazy. And he looks like a totally different quarterback than everybody else. Yesterday, Colin Cowherd said the way he plays quarterback feels like the way Steph Curry plays basketball. And it's such a good analogy that I sit back and I watch what – Patrick Mahomes does, and when he's in the pocket, he behaves in a way that makes playing football at the quarterback position in the NFL look easy. In the same way Steph Curry draining long outside shots makes basketball look easy, he makes doing something incredibly hard look incredibly easy, and that is the sign of a next-to-level talent. And so as you watch Patrick Mahomes stand in the backfield, just kind of rolling out, patting the football, looking downfield, gunning it all over the place, I think he's a transcendent talent that will be, and this is maybe a crazy idea for some of you out there, but I think he will be better 
at the quarterback position than Tom Brady was. Now, I'm not sure how long Tom Brady's going to play, and I'm not saying that Patrick Mahomes is going to end up with anywhere near six Super Bowl titles because you have to have a ton of luck to end up with six Super Bowl titles. You also may have to have the greatest coach in NFL history alongside of you. All of those things. Going to nine Super Bowls is utterly insane. But I would bet just about every spare dollar I have that Patrick Mahomes is going to win multiple Super Bowls. Now, I say all of that about Patrick Mahomes. There are still cautionary tales in the NFL of guys who looked like they were going to have the ability to be the face of the NFL, and then they fell apart. And right now, we've got that story going on in the NFL with Cam Newton. Think about Cam Newton. If I had come on this show back when Cam Newton was 17-1 and and preparing to play against the Denver Broncos, his team was around a touchdown favorite. He was the reigning MVP. If I had come on then, when Cam Newton is 26, 27 years old, already won a Heisman Trophy, already become the number one overall draft pick in the uh, in the NFL, and then have become the MVP of the league and put his team into the Super Bowl and only lost one game all year. And if I had told you, I think Cam Newton within four years is going to be on the ropes as to whether or not his NFL career is going to continue, I think many of you would have justifiably called me crazy. You would have said that that opinion was totally absurd. There was no evidence to justify it. And yet here we are. Reports are that Cam Newton may be out as much as a month. And if you watch the way Kyle Allen played against the Arizona Cardinals, Cam Newton had lost eight games in a row as the Carolina Panthers quarterback. And then Kyle Allen comes in and throws for four touchdowns and plays at a different caliber than Cam Newton has been playing for the last couple of years. I think it's possible that Cam Newton ends up getting benched in favor of Kyle Allen if Allen ends up playing as well as I think he might. And the challenge that I believe Cam Newton now finds himself in the middle of is, does he want to continue to be a football player? Because if you watch the Thursday night game where inexplicably the Carolina Panthers did not run the quarterback sneak with Cam Newton and they ran Christian McCaffrey to the wide side of the field and the Bucs made the tackle there to win the game. If you watch the post game, when Cam Newton put on the shawl that he was wearing that looked like, and I'm not even kidding about this, what my grandma used to wear when I was a kid in like the early 1980s, might be what your grandma wears now when she goes out to the to, to, to the grocery store or goes out uh, to church uh, on, a, on a random day. I mean, he looked utterly ridiculous. And I, I think a lot of people around the league are starting to ask the question, is Cam done? And now that we've got Kyle Allen having replaced him, part of being done is finding somebody who's better than you that could play in your place. I'm not sure that Cam Newton is going to continue. I think we could have an Andrew Luck-like situation here where Cam Newton decides to just hang up the cleats because I don't see him as a guy who's going to hang on desperately to the NFL. He considers himself an icon. Icons don't stand on the sideline and hold clipboards and back up other quarterbacks. 
I don't know what's going to happen here, but Michael Vick was on Speak for Yourself yesterday, and he had this to say about Cam. Mike, I don't want to put you in a pickle, but I'm going to ask you the question because I've been I've been on this campaign ever since Cam showed up with the scarf wrapped around his head. <laughs> I didn't like it from a I leadership like standpoint. Either, okay. I didn't like it. You can't leave. I mean, look, look got everybody watching you, Cam, including your teammates. And look, it, it, this is not, you know, this is not a fashion show. This is football. Mm. You know, I mean, throw the suit on. We like, the hats was cool. Got away with that, but I mean, I, I respect Cam for what he do as a football player. Look, I, I respect him because he loves fashion, but you know, it's it's a different demeanor, a different approach you got to take as far as your appearance and everything, man. Everything plays a factor. It is interesting to think about what Michael Vick would be capable of if forty-year-old Michael Vick or whatever the heck he is. He's around forty years old, I think. Thirty-eight-year-old uh, Michael Vick, whatever he is, if he could go back in time and be 22-year-old Michael Vick when he was coming into the league uh, and and really commit because his potential when he was on was unlike anything we've ever seen maybe in the history of the NFL. He's 39 right now. He's around my age. But it would be really remarkable to see what he was capable of if he really committed himself to the quarterback position. But I do think that is a question that a lot of people around the NFL are asking that if you had said – will be a great and huge topic in three or four years. Nobody would have ever bought in. So I want to bring in the crew this morning. And we got a loaded show for you. I think, who else, who all do we have today, Danji? I know we got Harry from Odd Shark. He's on the Against All Odds podcast. We're going to get some gambling picks with him. He's up early with us in uh, Las Vegas. Then we got Jeff Shorts. We got Chad Withrow. I think we have, do we have John Elway? Yes, we have John Elway. In fact, I told Coop about it. And he's like, man, I'm staying up. Yeah, I'm not going to bed until Elway is on the show. So we've got John Elway in uh, hour three, I believe, today, right? At the top of hour three? Yep, right at the top of hour three. So we got a loaded show for you coming this way, but let's go ahead, and uh, I am intrigued by this Cam question in the wake of Kyle Allen. Uh, if I told you right now, I want to get everybody's opinion on this, if I told you right now, over under two years, that Cam Newton continues to play football, what would you say? Counting this year as one, right? Like not two years, meaning, hey, is he going to be playing in September of 2021? Meaning this full year and next year, does he play after that? Yeah, I. The last time you asked this question, I said, yeah, I thought he would play for one last contract because coming off of these injuries, he's going to want to try to prove himself. This injury, though, is more severe than what everybody thought. So if his healing process doesn't go well here, then everything could change, obviously. I just I don't know like let's say Kyle Allen comes in and wins three out of four games given the fact that Cam Newton lost eight games in a row do you replace Kyle Allen with Cam Newton uh, I, I I wouldn't don't know that that's an easy decision especially for Ron Rivera who is all, as 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 high on the chopping block outside of Jay Gruden as you can basically be as a head coach in the NFL right now. I don't know what the solution's going to be. What about you, Dub? What do you think's going to happen here? I mean, I'm not even sure he's going to play anymore this year. I mean, he's going to be out probably six to eight weeks, they're saying. And if Kyle Allen, I know it was one game against the Arizona Cardinals. It was an incredible performance. It really was. And also, I mean, you got to think, Cam Newton's lost his last eight starts. Yep. And Kyle Allen has won his last two. Now, I know one of them was Week 17 last year against the Saints when they were resting people. But he's looked good in two NFL starts so far. And, I mean, if he keeps it up and even a little bit on this pace, 
I could see him finishing out the year, and then you know we'd have to come back to this question next offseason if Cam Newton gets 100% healthy, and there's no guarantee that happens. Dub, you're an Auburn guy. When Cam Newton was in the Super Bowl, when he was the reigning MVP, when his team was favored to win that game, let's go back in time. I believe that was 2015 Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's been about three or four years since that happened. Would you have ever believed or contemplated that it was possible that this is where we would end up? I mean, at the time, there was no way. I mean, no one thought that. I mean, he was coming off an MVP season. They were 15-1. and one. Uh, They did not have a good Super Bowl performance. I'll grant you that. But his stock was on the rise, and it looked like it was going you know, straight to the top, and he was that he kind of found himself that year. But since then, I mean, he's kind of come back to the mean, I guess. And now here we are. The last two, three years, he's dealt with injuries, shoulder, foot, all different sorts of injuries, and it, it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen again. So, and I you mean, also agree that he doesn't seem like he has the fire in his belly anymore. I mean, yeah, it does seem like that, and uh, you know, you can't really blame him. I mean, the guy's been injured so much the last three years; it's, it's got to be tough to have that fire in your belly to come out and keep rehabbing just to keep getting injured and you know keep having setbacks. So, I mean, I'm sure it's really hard on him, but I mean. It's 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 a tough situation in Carolina with Cam Newton for sure. It's definitely uh, very eerily familiar. It feels to me as if uh, the Andrew Luck situation, where you have a guy who is insanely talented, comes out and is absurdly gifted at the quarterback position at a young age, but he takes so many hits that all those hits start to add up, even at a young age. And I feel as if Cam Newton may be making a, a decision that's somewhat similar to Andrew Luck before all is said and done. The difference would be Andrew Luck left, and I still believe Andrew Luck will come back, by the way. Andrew Luck left at the absolute peak of his quarterbacking abilities. He was as good as he could have possibly been. His best year ever as a professional was the year that he finished right before he left, whereas Cam is now several years past the peak of his ability, and I'm not sure if he can climb the mountain back to the MVP-style quarterback that he was before all these injuries really started to add up. What do you think happens, Eddie Garcia? Well, I could definitely see him, uh, you know, uh, his time in Carolina coming to an end, but I think the the state of quarterbacking in the NFL is such that if he wants and he's healthy, he will get a chance to try and play somewhere else, and I think he will try and play somewhere else, but I do agree with you. He will not go hold, hold a clipboard anywhere. Yeah, so that's my challenge with Cam in general. Do you really think that somebody would say, hey, you're our quarterback, you don't have to win this job? Or do you think somebody would say, hey, we're, we're interested in you, we think you've got a lot of talent, but you can come in and compete for the job? Because I don't even know that I buy the idea that Cam would sign and go somewhere else and compete for a job. I think it's true, yes. If somebody said, hey – we 100% believe in you, a uh, coach, an offensive coordinator, and we want you to be our guy, and we're going to sign you to a three- or four-year decent-sized contract, almost the likes of what somebody like Nick Foles got. I can see Cam agreeing to do that, but I don't know that there's anybody in the NFL right now who would make that kind of offer to Cam Newton if he were a, suddenly an unrestricted free agent. Well, I mean, looking at it right now, maybe not, but things change quickly. Teams, you know, decide to get rid of of players, uh, and then you know there's an opening somewhere that we don't see at the moment. Yeah, look, I mean uh, that that's always possible, but the trend lines on Cam are certainly troubling. I think, and there's some Andrew Luck uh, aspects at play here as well. I think with his own 
psychological state. Roberto, what do you think? Is Cam done? Yeah, I think in Carolina he's he's done soon. But like Eddie says, it's somebody's always desperate for a starting quarterback, and I think maybe he'll be able to get a job with another team. Kyle Allen, the Panthers, on the road against the Texans. It will be intriguing to see what exactly he is capable of now, Kyle Allen meaning, now that teams know exactly what is at play here. What are the Texans able to do uh, against him? To me, that's one of the most intriguing stories to follow in the NFL in general. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and who doesn't want better sex? But if you have ED, you may be struggling and dragging your feet on solving the problem. Don't put off having a better sex life any longer. Check out Him Sex Shoes and bring a new level of excitement and confidence to your sex life. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor's visits. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hims has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting Getting you down, it's time to change that. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash two pros. That's HIMS.com slash two pros for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash two pros. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Sex choose are compounded products and have not been approved by the FDA. The FDA does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help you with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you, or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, for 
forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express can be as easy as a phone call, and one application with Express Employment puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com, ExpressPros.com today. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter's coming. Here in L.A., that means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires, all-weather tires, and dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Redestein tires. Shipped Fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for two years. Mobile tire installation is available in many areas. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to you at home or work and install them on site. It's a game changer. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Redestine test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're the experts. That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be fired up about this story I am really fired up about this story because I think it gets to what's so wrong about social media in this country but let me give you a background first of all this is Outkick appreciate you spending your Wednesday morning with us Iowa Iowa State is a great football rivalry now by the way I know there's its own controversy surrounding that game because the Iowa band got into it with some Iowa State fans uh, at their yearly rivalry game Iowa wins a close game. College game day is there in Iowa to cover this great local rivalry football game and basketball games. Great local rivalry, period, in the state of Iowa. And college game day is there, and there is a uh, kid, 24-year-old now, who holds up a sign and says that he needs beer money to buy Bush Light. And the sign goes viral at college game day, and people start Venmoing him a lot of money it continues to grow, and this Iowan eventually ends up raising, this is an incredible story, millions of dollars for a children's hospital. As the money is pouring in, instead of keeping it for himself, he decides, you know what, I'm going to donate this all to charity. The story goes viral. It continues to grow. People are giving him $15, $20 at a time. Probably some of you who are listening to me right now have made a donation to this guy and he announces that it's going to go to the Children's Hospital, and it ends up raising millions of dollars, like over $2 million now. So the Des Moines Register, the local newspaper in Iowa there, is going to do a story on this guy. And By the way, his name is Carson King. As they are doing a story on him, doing due diligence for some reason, a background check on him, the reporter who's doing this story decides to go through all of his old tweets that he has sent since he was a kid, and they find two tweets that they deem to be inappropriate from when he was 16 years old, and they decide to out him for what he tweeted when he was 16 years old. He then has to have a news conference to address with the tweets that he sent when he was 16 years old. Mind you, this is in 2012. He's 24 now. 
There's nothing that he's tweeted inappropriate or said inappropriately as an adult for the last six years. He just raised millions of dollars for a children's hospital. And the Des Moines Register runs this article about tweets that he sent when he was 16 years old. And I think there's a lot of you out there right now who are as fired up as I am and you feel as I do that we are just getting things wrong with social media. That this cancel culture that we have created, whether it's Kevin Hart can't host the Oscars because he sent a couple of tweets that were offensive to some people, whether it's Dave Chappelle can't come out on his show and say the jokes that he does because they are offensive to some people, all the way through, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what your politics are, it doesn't matter what you believe, People, if you have a prominent platform, there is somebody out there who wants to cancel you because they're not happy with the opinions that you have on a daily basis. And this, to me, is beyond the pale. Now, it's happened a lot, right? Whether it's Josh Allen, people going back through Josh Allen's old tweets. If you have teenagers, if you have kids who are younger than teenagers, One of the things about being a kid is you oftentimes do and say stupid things. That's what growing up is. Unlike when you or I grew up, and we might have done dumb things, everything wasn't recorded on Snapchat. Everything wasn't preserved in amber forever on Twitter or on Facebook. This is just wrong. We are just getting it wrong. Now, the irony here is oftentimes the people who are espousing this cancel culture, this reporter, and I put reporter in quotation marks for the Des Moines Register, has hundreds of offensive tweets himself. It happens almost all the time that the person who is practicing cancel culture, if you go back through their history of tweets, they oftentimes have done or said things that are worse than the people that they are trying to condemn. But my question for everybody out there is this. Why is this a story? Why is when a guy raises millions of dollars for a children's hospital that's a feel-good story that I think everybody out there can embrace? Why is it that we feel compelled to tear people down like this particularly for things that they did when they were kids. If we as a society have decided, and we have, by the way, that if you commit a crime when you are a minor, we're going to cancel that out and it will never be discoverable for you when you become an adult. Why in the world would we decide that your tweets, which are just words, you should be accountable for, but actual crimes that you commit when you are a kid, you aren't typically accountable for them when you become an adult. Why are we getting it so wrong here? And do you agree with me? Maybe some people disagree with me. This is where we sometimes bring out the outkick jury. 877-996-6369. Is this a good proposition that I am putting forward, which is, It shouldn't be a story for something that you said before you were 18 years old. And I actually think there should be a statute of limitations in general on things that people have said in the past 
particularly if they're private figures otherwise, who have just done something great. Everybody on the planet, in their life, in their past history, has something that they have said or done that they aren't happy about that probably happened when you were under 18. Maybe it happened when you were 23. Maybe it happened when you are 28. If you're 62, is something that you did when you were 28 really relevant as a story? I just feel like we have statute of limitations for crimes. Actual crimes. If you committed a crime, like they just said, we're talking about Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown may have committed sexual assault. One of those sexual assaults is past the statute of limitation. If we have a statute of limitations on serious crimes in this country that are physical acts, but we say, hey, that happened too long ago, we can't investigate it, it's a different time, how do we have no statute of limitations when it comes to tweets? <laughs> Seven years ago, this 16-year-old kid tweeted something that we find to be inappropriate. We're going to put that in a profile piece about him and make him hold a press conference. And by the way, people say, well, what's the impact? Anheuser-Busch pulled their sponsorship of this kid's charity because of tweets he sent when he was 16 years old. They're still donating the money, but they don't want to have any other relationship with this guy going forward. He was going to try to continue to raise money for the children's hospital. Is that a smart decision by Anheuser-Busch? No. They're being pussy willows here too. But the media is getting it wrong. Guys, I mean, I'm part of the media. I just think we're getting it wrong here. I really do. 877-996-6369. I'll take your calls. Danny G, am I crazy here, or is this something that the nation should get behind almost in a statute of limitations, even just applying the same standard to 16-year-old tweets that we would to 16-year-old crimes if we as a society have made the reasoned decision that you shouldn't be responsible for most crimes that you commit when you are a child, when you are not have not reached the age of majority? Isn't it just natural that we would say that same logic should apply for tweets, which are far less serious for words? If we're okaying the wiping out of actions, shouldn't we be like, adults shouldn't be searching a 16-year-old kid's Twitter profile. Now, by the way, my advice to kids out there, wipe out your Twitter profiles. Yep. If you're a teenager, just wipe out, cleanse everything that you ever tweeted when you're applying to college when you are getting ready to apply for your jobs because people are going to go back through everything that you've ever tweeted. There's somebody out there. It doesn't matter how little you think you are of a significant figure. Everybody's got a hater. It's crazy. But if you know, uh, if you are a junior in high school right now, there's somebody who hates you. It's crazy, right? It's crazy to me that no matter who you are, everybody's got haters. But I've got haters, right? I'm on national radio, but the average 16-year-old kid who's list driving in their car uh, or riding with their parents right now has got haters too. So there are people who want you to fail. There are people who are so unhappy and deeply, I would say, dark themselves that they want to find something that you have done and hold it up in the microscope of public opinion and try to make you look bad. That's, I mean, th- th- that's the truth. Like, I mean, and you learn this early on in elementary school, there's always the kid who wants to tattle, right? That's the hater gene starting early. I'm going to tell on somebody else in the classroom. And that's basically what we're empowering now, the person who is tattling all throughout, the snitch, right? 
there's somebody who's going to be a hater. doesn't matter who you are. In your life, they will come after you. You can be famous like uh, Kevin Hart, or you can be a totally anonymous guy who happens to do something great based on holding up a college game day sign, but people are going to come after you. The crazy thing that exists in our society today is everybody's got haters. My question is, why do we empower the hate? Uh, what do you think about this, Danny G? Is this crazy? Is my idea of uh, having some sort of statute of limitations, but certainly not allowing teenage sto- teenage tweets to be stories? Is that a good one? Yeah, I'm with you on this one because of the age he was at. Well, he was a sophomore in high school at the time, right? Yeah. So, of course, we've all made questionable decisions at that age. Now, had he sent tweets like this as an adult and they were recent tweets and Anheuser-Busch found out about this, okay. But even then, you're like, why are people digging through his old tweets? It's more creepy that somebody is digging through kids' tweets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah to I me, mean, it feels like really creepy. Like if you were yeah. looking through 15-year-old kid photos, yeah, you would be like, that's kind of creepy, right? Like isn't it creepy to be an adult going through a 15- or 16-year-old's Twitter profile? Um, and the guy – and I also this is always – this always is the case, right? The guy who did this – uh, who works at the Des Moines Register has got hundreds of inappropriate tweets that he himself has sent out in the past. Shocker. Right? So it, it's like you're pointing a gun at somebody while you're committing a bank robbery. You know, like you are guilty of worse things than you're writing about. And this is where I think a lot of people feel like the media isn't fair and it, isn't making the right decisions. It's like we can't have any more good stories. And the last time I had read about this, it was in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. I had no idea it crossed the million-dollar mark. It's over $2 million now, it's I think. It's ridiculous. For a children's hospital, all based on a college game day yeah. sign. Like This is something that should be a great story of sports and the state of Iowa coming together and trying to do something positive based on this kid's viral college game day sign. Yeah, it's- Anheuser-Busch, their statement says, Carson King had multiple social media posts that do not align with our values as a brand or as a company, and we will no longer associate with him. He was 16! <laughs> I mean, even Anheuser-Busch, whoever's making this decision, who's like out there like, you know what? I don't think that the beer company, the freaking beer company, should ally itself with a guy who's raising millions of dollars for children's charity. Like, who at the beer company? Your job as a beer company, and look, I like beer, I like alcohol. Your job is to get people drunk. That is the entire basis of your business. We want to get people sloppy drunk. On many levels, that's what beer companies do. And you're going to get on your damn moral high horse as a beer company because a teenager sent a couple of tweets? And you're going to disassociate from raising money for a children's hospital because of this? I mean, we are getting so much wrong in social media and the way that we respond to it. And I think a big part of it is we as a society just weren't ready for this thing to exist. It's like this just suddenly started to occur, right? Ten years ago or so. And there were no rules, and people didn't know how to apply it, and we didn't really know what the world was going to look like or how we were going to make rules for social media. And now it's just turned into a situation where everybody's trying to cancel everybody else all the time. And I just think we're fundamentally getting it wrong as a country. What about you, Eddie Garcia? Do you think this is crazy? 
I do. I, I went and uh, looked at the Des Moines Register's website and found one of the, I guess their editor had written uh, kind of a piece as far as the whole controversy and explained why they had to do the background check and so on. And why so do you need to do a background that's, check on a guy that, who's raised millions of dollars? Like, I understand a criminal background check. All right. If you're worried, like, hey, maybe this guy has like he's raising money for a children's charity. And if he had been arrested for child abuse, I would be like, OK, that sucks. But I understand why you need to write about it. A criminal background check. Maybe if you maybe, maybe. If you're doing a feel-good story about a guy raising millions of dollars for a children's hospital, maybe you search his name and make sure that he hasn't been arrested for child abuse at some point in his life, right? Or something akin to that. Maybe, maybe you do a criminal background check. Do you need to ex- uh, like look through every tweet he's ever sent in his life, including when he was a teenager? And by the way, if it were a crime that he had committed, when he was 16 years old, it wouldn't show up in a background check for the Des Moines Register or any other newspaper because we wipe out criminal arrest records of minors. So, yeah, you looked up the story, but I didn't mean to cut you off, but that fires me up too. Like, a, a background? Like, what in the world do you need to do a yeah, background it's, check it's for? it's flimsy. I mean, they, they, they cited that it's a standard procedure of all the reporters to do something like that, but I, I don't, I think it's more likely, and I'm not a big conspiracy guy, but isn't it more likely that they were digging around to see if they could find something yes. that would be a bigger story? And yes. I think it's backfired on them. If you look at a lot of the comments, uh, they're getting a lot of heat over this. Well, and, the fact that good. the freaking reporter had done hundreds of worse tweets himself, like, do you, I don't understand like the, 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 the thought process of a reporter here. What do you think you're going to do? Are you going to win a Pulitzer Prize? Because you're doing a profile of the guy who wrote, who raised $2 million for cancer research or children's hospital here. Maybe. Maybe you could win on a pod. Are there a lot of people out there who's like, you know what I really want? A deep investigation of the guy who did something great based on a college game day sign. It just, it fires me up. What about you, Roberto? Are you as fired up about this? Yeah, it's unbelievable, man. Do you feel like we're just getting things wrong? I mean, I think that's where a lot of people out there just get the sense. Like, we almost need a new drafting of rules for social media, like a social media constitution. Because if you think about it, the reason why we have statute of limitations that exist in, for instance, our criminal code or certainly our civil code is because we believe that someone shouldn't be held accountable. Like, when you, if you did something when you were 20 – when you're 55, we believe that you shouldn't be able to suddenly be sued for it. Now, there are certain exceptions, right? If you commit murder, there's no statute of limitations on murder. But if you uh, if you get into a traffic accident when you're 20, you can't suddenly get sued about it when you're 55, right? Like somebody can't come, suddenly come back around and say, hey, oh, 35 years ago, this guy ran a stop sign, he hit my car, and I need to sue him now. No, like we have a statute of limitation in place there. And even for criminal acts, right? Like you can't be charged with crimes. There's a, there's a statute of limitation for crimes. How in the world do we not have a statute of limitation in terms of the way that we apply basic uh, decency here when it comes to tweets, right? Like if Kevin Hart gets, and I'm using him as an example because it was a very prominent one, if he gets the right to host the Oscars and then some hater of Kevin Hart goes back through a decade-old tweet and they say, hey, I don't like this tweet he sent because it's homophobic. 
in 2009 or whatever the heck it was. Like, is that really in any way a disqualifying act when it comes to him hosting the Oscars in 2019? No. Does anybody actually think that who has a functional brain? Like, that we're getting things wrong. Or I'll use another example, like the Guardians of the Galaxy movie guy. I'm a huge fan of Guardians of the Galaxy. The guy did an incredible job on Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. I don't know what his politics are, but they decided that he had made inappropriate jokes on Twitter. They took away Guardians of the Galaxy 3 from him. Disney did. Now, Disney later came back and said, you know what? We're going to reverse our decision. We want this guy to be in charge of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. But can you imagine being the kind of person who is going through a decade-old tweets from the Guardian of the Galaxy director because you don't want him to be able to direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3? Like, people are not perfect. But if you have talents, and look, I think Kevin Hart is a talented comic. I think that the Guardians of the Galaxy guy has made two wonderful movies. If you sit and watch with your kids, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, I want him to be able to make Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I don't want his ability to create future uh, stories to be canceled out because of something that he tweeted a long time ago that isn't in any way relevant now. And I don't understand this idea that we weren't offended when this happened a decade ago, but now we're going to be offended today. Like, you look up something a decade ago, bring it back up to be offended by it? Like, how does that work? You can't, like, if it's so bad, then it should have been an issue back when it happened. And if it's not happening right now, like, how do you get retroactively offended by something that nobody would have ever known about had you not gone back and looked it up? Like like you said, the fact that you can get arrested as a teenager and then... And that whole, the whole, your whole history yeah. gets expunged. Yeah, exactly. And then... The Twitter comes back to get you. It's like, doesn't make any sense. We're holding people to a higher standard for what they tweet than what they actually do in terms of actions. You can rob someone at 16 and get arrested for it and go to juvenile and serve some sort of punishment for that crime. And when you are 18, no one will ever be able to find out about that as long as you have been good since, right? They will expunge your history of arrest as a juvenile. Yet, you can be held accountable for a tweet that you sent that same year? I don't understand how anybody out there can see, like, if we're going to make the decision that the far more serious act, i.e. the the crime, is expungible, how in the world can you justify holding somebody accountable for a tweet? Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly 
O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help you with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you, or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, for forklift operator to customer service the team at express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step whether you're looking for a contract job or a new full-time role turn to express employment interviewing with express can be as easy as a phone call and one application with express employment puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community don't go in your job search alone visit expresspros.com expresspros.com today Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter's coming. Here in L.A., that means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires, all-weather tires, and dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Shipped fast. Fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for two years. Mobile tire installation is available in many areas. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to you at home or work and install them on site. It's a game changer. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Pirelli test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're the experts. That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. I am fired up over this story, this controversy that has come out of Iowa. If you're just waking up, a kid shows up at the college game day game between Iowa and Iowa State, holds up a sign requesting beer money, and that sign goes viral. He has now raised millions of dollars. I believe it's over $2 million total uh, for a children's hospital in Iowa. The Des Moines Register, a local newspaper in Iowa, is prepared to write a story about this kid, Carson King. He's now 24 years old. As they are preparing to write the story, one of their reporters, for some reason, decides to go back through all of his social media history And they find from seven years ago, when he was 16 years old, when he was a sophomore, high school, whatever, that he has sent two tweets that they deem to be offensive. 
They write about it. He has to hold a press conference discussing those tweets that he sent when he was 16. Anheuser-Busch disassociates him. A beer company decides that a 16-year-old's tweets are so egregious that they can no longer help him raise millions of dollars for a children's hospital, which is an insanely stupid decision. And it turns out that the reporter who was doing the investigation of this, uh, this guy who's raised millions of dollars now for a children's hospital based on a college game day uh, sign that he held up is actually uh, way more, has way more inappropriate tweets in his own background. And now the Des Moines Register is in an uproar over the way that they handled this story. So my question for you is pretty straightforward. Are we getting it wrong? And is the media in particular getting it wrong when they go through kids' tweets from before they were adults and turns them into stories like is happening here with a seven-year-old tweets from when a kid was 16. This has been a story that's happening over and over and over again. My contention is if our position as adults in society is we wipe out all minors when they have arrest records, how in the world are we applying the standard of every tweet that you sent is perpetually worthy of being a story, even if you're relatively a minor guy like this person is, As soon as you do something good, somebody's going to go through your past history and find something negative about you. Did the Des Moines Register get it wrong? Do you agree with me? Disagree? Outkick jury on the the hunt here. Dub, let's roll through them quick. All right, we got Alan in Iowa. Alan, what do you think about this story? Oh, I'm so fired up. I'm so angry with this. So, yeah, we're definitely getting it wrong as a society. The the reason, if Anheuser Bush would just say, them backing out actually is the reason I think as a society we keep going this way. Yeah. I don't understand why they would do that. All they had to do was say, you know what, he was 16, not a big deal. Move on. Amen. I'm so upset. I'm fired up too. Thanks for the call. I know it's a big story in Iowa right now. Yeah, companies are not helping the cancel culture. If a company just said, you know what, Uh, we wish he had not sent those tweets when he was 16, but he raised millions of dollars for a children's hospital. So if we're putting this on the equity scale, if we're putting it on the scales of justice, yeah, when he was 16, he said some dumb things online, but now he's 24 and he just raised millions of dollars for a children's hospital. We're going to stick with this kid. If you were putting that on the scales of justice, every single parent out there, if you're like, okay, negative, when your kid is 16, he's going to send two inappropriate tweets positive when he's 24 he's going to raise millions of dollars for a children's hospital is there any parent out there who wouldn't sign up for that on the scales of justice I think raising millions of dollars for a charity hospital rates a little bit higher than sending two tweets when you were 16 years old that some people find to be inappropriate and offensive I don't know that there's a single parent out there right now who, given that option between those two, would not say, okay, totality of circumstances, I'm okay with that because the end result's going to be a positive place. Who's up next, Dub? We got Eric in California. Eric, what do you think about this? Yeah, uh, the whole thing with this uh, Twitter post, going back to Twitter posts that are years and years old, it's uh, 1984 coming true. It's like the thought police. Yeah. Uh, same thing when you have conversations within small circles, you know. You say something that, that offends somebody, then they'll leak it out to the media, and now your conversation is destroyed. Now your reputation is destroyed because of a, a private conversation. Thanks for the call. Ridiculous. It is like 1984. And here's the thing. People change. 
Like the the natural decision to hold somebody accountable for something that they said when they were 16 presumes that that opinion is still valid at 24 or 34 or 44 or whatever age you want to apply it. Societal standards of what's acceptable speech evolves too. I guarantee you, if you are around my age, you probably either yourself or your friends used gay slurs when you were in junior high and maybe high school too. Now that would not be considered appropriate. But the standards of behavior change. And so are you going to hold somebody perpetually accountable for what they said in 1994 when the standards for speech in 1994 are different than they were in 2019? And this all goes to a larger scale of why do we judge people based on one thing that they said? I say millions of words a week. Certainly a month, if not a week. I am so far have not said anything that's gotten us in really hot water on this radio show. But it might happen if I continue to do this show for another 20 years that at some point in 25 years, I'm going to say something that's going to get people upset who don't listen to this show or maybe even some of you are going to get upset about something that I say. Would you think it makes sense to judge me based on one paragraph or one minute of a show when I do three hours every day? Or in most of real life, would you judge someone based on the totality of their behavior, not the worst moment of their career? I just, again, I think we're getting so much of this wrong. And I think so many of you, regardless of your backgrounds, regardless of your politics, regardless of who you root for, you have that same feeling that I do that this cancel culture is just wrong. Who's up next? We got Catfish Jake in Nashville. Catfish Jake, what's up, my man? Clay, what's up, buddy? I got two two unique perspectives on this. Hey, I've got a daughter that's a freshman at UT Martin and trying to get trying to get them to understand that something you feel like is innocuous and won't ever come of anything can yeah. affect you later on in the world blows their mind. And B, the it's kind of like what, uh, the catfish shake thing. Everybody knows what I did. It was stupid. It was funny. And then PETA comes after me about throwing a, a catfish on the ice and all that to the point where there was a Preds game in Bridgestone this past year where I threw a catfish and I was taken out of Bridgestone and told by someone with the Preds, hey, we're really trying to move away from this tradition. Uh, based on pressure they were getting from PETA. It's like, this This is absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, Clay, we're the same age. I grew up in the old nations in West Nashville. Yeah. One of the most popular games we played when we were kids was uh, a football game where you Smear threw the ball the in the air, and it was called... Smear the Queer. Yeah, I think we can Q. say it. I mean, like, I mean, you can say queer yeah. uh, on the radio. But, yeah, like, we played a game called every... I, I think, thanks for the call, I think almost every single person who's around my age, if you played elementary school in the backyard, you played a game called Smear the Queer. Right, like you'd throw the football, and whoever got the ball, everybody would tackle him. Not even thinking about the language at the time as being inappropriate, not even knowing what queer meant. Right, it was just a common colloquial phrase. I think almost every single person who is around my age—I'm forty—I bet if you are around the age of between what thirty and forty-five or fifty or whatever it is, you played that game. Now it would be totally different. Like, and, and sometimes this is a little bit ridiculous, right? Like when I was in school, we were told to sit Indian style. Do you know what they tell kids now? You sit crisscross applesauce. If you went in and you said, hey, everybody needs to sit Indian style now, people are like, oh my God, you said Indian style, right? But when I was a kid, when I'm in a kindergarten, 
every single person, every single teacher, regardless of their background or anything else, would say, hey, everybody gather around. We need to sit Indian style. Now, you know what they say? Crisscross applesauce. Words change. They evolve. Your understanding of how you use words can change and evolve. And requiring that everybody be perpetually held by uh, to the standard by which they sent pre- prior tweets is, I mean, it, it really is a thought police era. It's a cancel culture era that we live in. Uh, who's up next? We got Tommy in Florida. Tommy, what's up? Hey, man, great show. First of all, um, this can be fixed every other uh, first Tuesday of November when you vote. We all know which party is responsible for the PC culture. Well, hold on. Let me, let, me pause. Mostly- let me pause here for a second. Just say this. It's cyclical. I understand right now that the left wing of this country is out there policing speech, but it wasn't very long ago after 9-11 that Bill Maher got fired. People may remember this. Uh, for saying you can say a lot of bad things about the 9-11 terrorist, but you can't call them cowards, right? And his point was, if I'm, I'm, and I'm just roughly approximating, was it isn't cowardly to be willing to die for what you believe in. That was his opinion, right? He went on and he said it, but people were so angry about 9-11 that he lost his job on ABC because of that statement. So very often the way that our speech patterns work is it's cyclical. Right now, the left wing in this country is policing speech far more aggressively than the right wing. But that's not to say that in 25 years, we might not live to be the point where it's the opposite, right? And it used to be that the left wing in this country was the people who were defending George Carlin. You know, like, oh, his his speech is so funny. Now the left wing in the country is offended by Dave Chappelle. And the right wing in this country is like, yeah, he should be able to make these jokes, right? Like, that's what comedy is. So I don't, I, I understand your point and I understand it right now, but I would just point out that who is defending speech is a cyclical thing. And that's why I got in trouble, remember, for saying I'm a First Amendment and boobs guy. And the truth of the matter is that, uh, that you know, like I, I worked in democratic politics and that wouldn't have been a controversial thing to say when I was working on Al Gore's presidential campaign in 2000. And evidently it's controversial to say because Donald Trump's president now. So I didn't want to cut you off, but I do think it's cyclical. Oh, no. And, and, and I, you definitely make a great point. And, and my point is, is that in 20 years, I may be calling back this show saying it, this can be fixed on the, on the first uh, November, uh, first Tuesday of November about the conservative or Republican side, because I'd be like, well, they're going the other way. Yep. The other question I have for you is, are you on Facebook? Are you on Twitter? Get off. <laughs> you, yourself. I mean, I, I mean, why don't, I mean, I, I hear these people, you know, you watch a show and they're complaining, like just to use a go back to politics, Tucker Carlson, I watch his show. He's always complaining about Google and Facebook. And, and then at the bottom of the screen is, reach me at Tucker Carlson <laughs> yeah. at whatever. Yeah, I'm just yeah. going... You're part of the problem, too, aren't you? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great question, and I think about this a lot. Uh, I think it's a necessary evil for what I do. I'm in the opinion business. I need to communicate and uh, with my audience. And yes, is there a lot of negativity out there? Yes. Could I get myself in trouble uh, for things that I say on Twitter or this radio show or television? Certainly. Um, but I think I'm in a battle. I really do for uh, the hearts and minds of American intellect. And I think people are of the opinion that we're getting it wrong when they see a story like this in Iowa happen. And I think I have a platform to help to change things in a positive way. And so that's the reason why I'm active and why I fight battles like these, because I don't want it to be your 16-year-old that does something great and raises millions of dollars for charity, and then something comes out that they sent when they were 16, and suddenly they're having to have a press conference and apologize. I think we're getting it wrong. 
Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I've got a great podcast. It's going to be up, New Wins and Losses podcast with Rich Greenfield. We have had him on a few different times on this show to talk about the intersection of sports, media, and business. If you enjoy his visits on the show, and generally speaking, the feedback has been phenomenal when he's been on, you need to go listen to that podcast, which should be up a little bit later today, and I guarantee you will enjoy it. It will be uh, it will be pretty fantastic. And we're doing those weekly now. Those are podcast exclusives. Dub, you listen to that. Pretty awesome conversation, right? Now, Dub is bailed. It's really impressive when everything comes together perfectly on a show. Um, but I believe we are going to be joined by John Elway here momentarily. But let me go ahead and do this. I was supposed to have done this earlier. Let me knock this out. What actually makes a better toothbrush? Industrial strength power, claims of miracle trendy ingredients, multiple modes. If you ask your dentist, they'll tell you it's less about the brush, more about how you use it. Quip was created by dentists and product designers to focus on what actually matters for your oral health, healthier habits. Quip sensitive vibrations with a built-in timer guides. A gentle brushing for the dentist recommended two minutes with 30-second pulses ensuring an even clean. Quip automatically delivers brush heads to you every three months for clean new bristles right on schedule. The sleek, intuitive design, simple to use, and comes with a travel cap that doubles the mirror mount. These thoughtful features make brushing something you actually want to do twice every day. Good habits matter to live a healthier life, so help form fresh oral health habits with Quip. Quip starts at just 25 bucks. If you go to getquip.com slash clay right now, your first refill is free. That's your first refill at getquip.com slash clay getquip.com slash clay joined now by john elway legendary denver broncos quarterback and now an executive with the denver broncos uh john first of all thanks for joining us getting up early with us this morning second how much do you enjoy as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time watching patrick mahomes play quarterback i know he's not on your team but a part of you has to watch him and just think my god it's fun to watch somebody be this good at what i was so good at as well well, the bad thing is he's in our division, yeah, too, which makes it even harder. But, uh, you know, I tell you what, he's a treat for the NFL and, and uh, you know, is a young talent that's going to continue to get better and better, and the people that they have around them can really spread the field. So it's, uh, it's a treat for uh, all NFL football fans to, to really enjoy because he's, uh, he's a special talent. Do you wish on some level that you were 22 years old entering the league right now with the way quarterbacks are protected and the talents and skill sets that you had? Do do, do you ever sit and watch games and think, my God, I would love to be 22 years old right now entering this league? You know, I do at times. I think I was very lucky to play when I played and played for the Broncos for a long, long time. So very fortunate to play when I did. But I think when you look at, uh, you know, you look at the offenses now and as you said, the way they're protecting the quarterback and you know, it's a different league now. It's really gone to throwing the football a lot, spreading the field, and getting guys in space. So it's a different football game, and it's, it's, a, it's a game that, as a quarterback, uh, everybody's got to love. When you saw Andrew Luck retire, was there any point, I'm curious, the hits that you took and the way that you guys played back in the day, was there ever a point where you thought you were done before you ended up winning your Super Bowls, where you were so close to hanging it up just because of the physical toll that the game had taken on you? You know, not really. I think that, uh, you know, you always go through those times when you're, you know, you're going through tough times and having tough seasons. I think you always think about that. But I, I never got to that, that, that part, that point. Um, the one thing I did is, um, you know, when I did retire at 38, one of the reasons why is because my body didn't heal nearly as quickly as it used to. And so 
that's why I decided, one of the reasons why I decided to retire, because it wasn't as fun. And if you're banged up all the time, it's, uh, it's hard enough when you're healthy that when you get banged up, like, uh, you know, Andrew was really beat up, that, uh, you know, I'm sure it took its toll. When you brought a Super Bowl to Denver as an executive, how did that feeling compare to winning one as a quarterback? You know, as a quarterback, I think it's something it's a goal your whole life, and you really feel like it's a it's an accomplishment because you're in the middle of it. You touch the football every time as a quarterback. You know, as an executive, as a GM, I think it's more satisfaction in the fact that you're able to find the right guys in the right spots and put it all together and get everybody working on the same page, which. You know, as it, to me, it's more difficult than playing because you lose control once you get everybody there. So, um, I, you know, obviously very lucky to win both, but uh, both sides, but uh, both of them very different. You uh, have obviously won a couple of Super Bowls as a player, but you recruited Peyton Manning, and that led to a tremendous amount of success for the Denver Broncos organization. I don't know that I've ever heard. How did you become aware that he was going to choose the Broncos and come play for you? Well, I actually called him. I think that, uh, you know, he, when he was released by the Colts, he took kind of a tour and went to three or four different teams. I think went to, he went to Arizona, he went to Tennessee. And so, you know, we were just kind of waiting. He said he was going to make a decision, so we're all kind of waiting on a phone call. And, and uh, he called me last and said that, uh, you know, he's having a tough day, but, uh, you know, he's just making calls to everybody and that this was his last call, and that, was, that meant it was a good thing. So the good thing was the last call was he told us he was going to come play in Denver. So... We were lucky to have him. So what's your reaction when he says, I'm coming to play for Denver? Are you on a cell phone? Are you, like, where were you? And, what, like, are you pumping your fist like Jonah Hill and Moneyball? Like, what's, what's the reaction? Oh, yeah. then? You know, I think, I, I'm not sure I jumped up and down, but, uh, you know, it was quite the reaction. I think I was in my office, and so, you know, we're all thrilled to know that uh, the Peyton was going to come and, you know, obviously finish his career the right way with a couple Super Bowls with us and actually walk away with a Super Bowl victory in Super Bowl 50, so... Really a treat to have him, um, you know, in the organization and watch him play. How much do you watch college football now? You're an executive, and obviously you drafted Drew Locke. You've got Joe Flacco now as your quarterback. Do you keep an eye on all the younger guys in college football right now, or are you so busy with your NFL executive responsibilities that unless it's draft season, you're not necessarily sitting around and watching somebody like Tua Tagovailoa or Joe Burrow or a lot of the other guys out there, Justin Herbert, that people say, oh, these are going to be great NFL quarterbacks. Do you watch them? Are you a college football fan? Oh yeah, yeah. We watch them a lot, especially right now. Once we get, you know, once we get through the start in the season, we get down to the fifty-three man roster. You know, other than roster tweaks on Monday and Tuesday, we're really on to on to college football, and so it's a big part of what we do right now and getting ready for the off season when we go through the draft. But uh, we spend a lot of time watching college football right now, and so it's fun to watch because there are a lot of good football players in there now. Tom Brady tweeted recently that there have been so many penalties called during, I think it was during the Jacksonville game against the Titans, that he almost had it difficult to watch. And I know you guys have had, uh, with the quarterback hit that you had that may have cost you a game, which didn't look like a roughing the passer penalty. Uh, did you think that the start of this season there were too many flags being called? I know you've had a lot of calls uh, on your offensive line as well. Were they over-refereeing the game in your mind? Well, it seems to start that way every year, and the fact that they kind of make an emphasis, especially in, in uh, preseason, they make an emphasis on different things that they want, um, you know, that they're going to emphasize during the year. So that happens usually in the preseason. I think it's carried on into the regular season, and I think everybody has to adjust. You know, the referees have to adjust, but also the players have to adjust, too, and realize what they can and can't do. And so, um, you know, there's a little bit of adjustment period. Hopefully, as we go along, there's less flags, because... 
the game's a lot more fun to watch when there's not as many penalties. If you had gotten hit like Bradley Chubb got hit uh, hit uh, hit um, in the the game against Mitchell Trubisky, and you had gotten a uh, roughing the passer penalty in the games that you were playing, what would you have thought when you went back and watched that on film? Well, I mean, I think that those are always whether they're for you or against you, they're always you know. Uh, obviously, when they're against you, a little bit more painful. But I think it's when you look at the game, you really want you you, you want correct calls in the game, not not poor calls. And I think that uh, you know that was a poor call. The league admitted that was a poor call. But you know the the, the referees are humans too, and they're going to make mistakes. Unfortunately, they made a big one right there against us. But you know, again, you know, hopefully that just c- continues to get better as, as the year goes on, and and uh, it's uh, enjoyable to watch. All right, you are with us right now to talk about a, uh, a serious issue uh, that you have that I think a lot of people are not very familiar with and you're helping to raise awareness for. And let me give the website, factsonhand.com. But tell me what I should know, what people in our audience should know about the medical issue that, uh, that you have and found out that you had that a lot of people may not be very familiar. It's Dupatrins, I believe. It's called Dupatrins Contraction. It's really something that, uh, you know, we're raising awareness for it. And it's amazing we've been doing this. We've had this campaign going now for three or four months, and it's amazing the amount of people that have come up to me and, and asked me about it, thinking that uh, not knowing what it was, it's not, there's, there's no cure to it. And, and uh, you know, the, but what, we, what we're spreading is and getting the word out is there are non-surgical treatments for, for Dupatrins. It's also called Viking's disease, where your, your fingers start to contract. A lot of people may think it's arthritis or whatnot. So we're just spreading the word on it. We're telling everybody to, to go to factsonhand.com and check out the website as well as, you know, if you think that uh, it's something, that's something you may have a symptom, then you can go to and talk to your hand specialist and, and uh, see if it's something that they can take care of because there are now non-surgical treatments, which is which much easier now than it has been in the past. I know your team's 0-3. Last question for you. How would you assess Joe Flacco's performance and the start of the season so far as you're concerned as an executive looking at your team? You know, I think that, uh, you know, he's done a nice job. Obviously, being 0-3, a lot of it goes to the quarterback, and so he has to play better. Uh, but I think he's done a nice job. There's been a lot of, with a new staff and, and, you know, everybody getting used to everybody, what we're doing on the offensive staff and defensive staff. I think I'm, I'm thrilled with Vic Fangio. I think he's going to have a bright future ahead. We just have to play. We don't have to play harder. we got to play better. What do you think of Gardner Minshew's mustache? That a look ever you went with? <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's uh, what he's done, and, and, you know, it's a little bit of a cold falling, which is fun to watch. No doubt, indeed. I know you got a lot of people to talk to. John Elway, I appreciate you coming on. Great stuff, as always. Thank you. Good talking to you. That's John Elway, uh, legendary Denver Bronco uh, star. I mean, that's great. I, I do think it's funny that he has to play. Can you imagine what he would be capable of in today's NFL? I, I think that the numbers he would post, I think there are a few guys you go and look at that were great in their era, right? There's no doubt that John Elway is one of the most legendary quarterbacks of all time. But imagine what he would be capable of in this era right now. I just think that it would be off the charts. I think he would be Patrick Mahomes-like in his ability to stretch the field and his ability to throw the ball all over the place. And it's funny, and he kind of hinted at it there at the beginning, like, yeah, it's kind of fun to watch Patrick Mahomes, but it kind of sucks that he's in our division. Uh, But I know that as a quarterback, he has to watch Mahomes and just think, man, that could have been me. If I were 22 today, I would be Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think we've got Chad Withrow scheduled to come on now. Can we go ahead and get a call in to Withrow, Danny G? Um, in the meantime, uh, unpacking that uh, that John Elway interview there, um, I, I thought it was interesting he says he's watching the quarterbacks. Now, I didn't push him, 
on like who do you like the best is two of the best is uh, Justin Herbert uh, are you a Trevor Lawrence guy but I do think it's interesting he said once you get the 53-man roster kind of plugged in that he's watching a lot of college football because I know he's got Drew Locke who he drafted in the second round out of Missouri who I actually think has a lot of potential and he was diplomatic there about Joe Flacco and how exactly things are going with Joe Flacco so far but I definitely think he has to be looking beyond Joe Flacco. We'll see what happens against the Jags. I believe the Jags are coming to town. And essentially, what's a must-win game for the Broncos having started 0-3? But I am intrigued whether the Broncos, if they continue to have some lack of success, Elway hasn't been able to get a quarterback other than when he had uh, Peyton Manning come in to take over for Tim Tebow he hasn't been able to develop his own quarterback. And I know he's looking for part two with Joe Flacco, this idea that he can bring in Flacco and resurrect his career or lead him to championship glory again. But I'm curious how many years that commitment really is for the Broncos to Joe Flacco. Bring in my buddy uh, Chad Withrow. Can you think, Withrow, we just had John Elway on, so that's why you're getting on a little bit later here. So you got bumped down a few minutes for John Elway, which I'd imagine you totally get. Can you think of a quarterback better than Elway that you would like to be able to clone and bring back to today's NFL at the age of 22? Because I think he would be Patrick Mahomes-like in terms of his abilities on the field in this current era. I'm not sure you could do better than Elway as a guy that you would want. Like if you could go back in time and take him suddenly out of Stanford, except now it's 2019 and he's 22 years old. Can you think of somebody better than Elway? Um, first off, I don't know why you're having me on at all after John Elway, so I appreciate you sticking with it. I, I, I'm a little bit embarrassed that I'm even following uh, the great John Elway. No, I, I can't think of anyone better. Two examples that pop in mind, though. Like, if you could plop them right now in 2019 and they're in the draft, they would be a very intriguing quarterback prospect now. Not that they weren't also back in the day. Randall Cunningham. Oh, that would be fun. Uh, and here's the other one that I think because of you see Kyler Murray in more unconventional styles, in the NFL, how about Steve Young? Yeah, that's the one as I was thinking of too. A lefty who can run, um, I think, would be interesting in today's offenses. Just what he could do in, in the NFL. I mean, Steve Young was sort of forced, and he could do it and did it very well. He's a Hall of Famer, but he was kind of forced into that uh, 49ers pro style, you know, uh, West Coast offense. I think in today's game, they're probably designing an offense around Steve Young. Uh, where he can do some more things. So those would be two I'd love to see play today. Randall Cunningham's a great one. Can you imagine Randall Cunningham and the run-pass option set up, you know, where he can get on the corner? And I think certainly Elway and and Young would have been able to do the same kind of things. But those are three guys. That's a good trio that if they were 22 today, the amount of success they could have would probably be off the charts. Not that they weren't successful when they played back then, but I think their skill set is even more well-suited to today's NFL and today's college game, frankly, than it was back when they played. Well, And think about those guys in college even. I mean, Randall Cunningham played at UNLV. Uh, you know, Steve Young played at BYU. Um, but, but think of Randall Cunningham in Oklahoma, for instance, under Lincoln Riley. Yeah. You know, if you just had the, the, all these modern offenses out there and how they've changed, you go back in time. You know, I think of Andre Ware at Houston. Well, Andre Ware went to Houston because they were throwing the ball 50 times a game. Well, now there's a lot of places that throw the ball 50 times a game. So where would Andre Ware end up? It's always fascinating now to look back at quarterbacks over time and then think, okay, where would those guys play today? And then how would that look? Yeah, I think that's a fun hypothetical game to play. 
All right. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this story out of Iowa. Uh, the kid holds it. up the sign, and he raises millions of dollars for a children's hospital in Iowa. The Des Moines Register has a reporter who goes back through this kid's uh, tweets, finds something that he said, a couple of things that were inappropriate when he was 16 years old, turns into a huge story, and he has to have a press conference. He has to apologize. Anheuser-Busch cuts all ties with him because of these tweets that he sent out when he was 16 uh, back in 2012. Is this just the not the perfect example of how we're getting things wrong in today's society when it comes to social media? I mean, do you also find it crazy that 16-year-old kids are being held accountable as adults uh, for things that they said when they wouldn't even necessarily be held accountable if they had gone in juvenile, uh, if they had been arrested for crimes? I mean, we're getting things wrong here, right? Uh, we're absolutely getting things wrong. And I, I do think, though, that this could be a slight turning point because – how much acclaim have you heard for the Des Moines Register in this decision? Zero. I mean, this has been crushed. And the fact that they that people went back and found old offensive tweets of the writer of the story yeah, the reporter. is just is just sweet, sweet justice. Because, I mean, we all know what they say about Glass House. But it, to me, this could – if I hear Des Moines Register ever again, I'm thinking about this story, and I'm thinking about them in a negative light. And I can't be alone in that. So, to me, this could equal a turning point where we've just gone so far beyond the pale of what should be acceptable in terms of going back in the past and looking through things, a 16-year-old kid, someone who's not even a celebrity. I think that this could start to equal a turning point with stories like this. And, I'm, and Clay, I've, you know, I've got, I've got two kids. You've got three kids. I'm to the point now where I'm not going to allow my kids to be on social media until they're 18. <laughs> I, see no, I see no gain of it. I, I, I'm completely serious once they're 18 if they want to go to college and get on instagram or whatever that's fine but i'm to the point now where i I fear anything that they tweet or post is going to be used against them at some point if they if they reach any level of fame or they end up with a good job one day i feel like they're going to go back and see something that hasn't been deleted and then suddenly there's going to be an issue. That, that, that's how strongly I feel My that oldest this social media thing has gone crazy. I, I agree. My oldest is 11. He'll turn 12 in uh, January. He's in the sixth grade. I had to sit down with him uh, because I don't, I'm with you. I don't allow him to have social media accounts, uh, but he does have access to an iPad, and he'll occasionally send text to his friends who also have iPads or whatever. I don't know how all that technology works, but he doesn't have a phone. You know, It's not like he's walking around with a phone. He doesn't have an Instagram or a Twitter or a Facebook account. He knows me as dad, right? Like, he doesn't listen to my radio show. He's not paying attention to what I write. He's like, whatever. Like, I just have a job like a lot of other people have a job. I said, look, I can't believe I had to have this conversation. I said, some people don't like me, right? Like, you you may find this crazy. You may find this crazy. Daddy's very famous, by the way. I just want you to know that. Dad dad has a job where he's in the public. I mean, he understands because he sees me on television every now and then. I said, look, this is a little bit different experience for you than it might be for your average kid. Uh, But I have a job where people pay attention to things that I say, and some people don't like me. And this is not fair for you because you're going to be held to a totally different standard than your average 12-year-old. But if you send out tweets one day because you have a Twitter account or you put things on Instagram that offend people, they are going to be people who are coming after you for nothing that you've ever done other than be my son, right? And I can't believe that I had to have that conversation with him at 11 years old. 
I mean, but that's where we are as a society that I'm already thinking, like, I'm perfectly willing to take the heat for whatever people don't like or don't like about me. Like, that's a choice that I have made in my life. But my 11-year-old having to sit down and talk with him and say, hey, if you send out a tweet when you're 14 that people decide is inappropriate, there are probably people out there who hate me enough that they will go through your entire Twitter profile and try to find something that you did that's inappropriate. And I just, I mean, I just, regardless of who you, whose kid you are, I find the idea that we are judging any kids on pre-18-year-old activities and even worse, judging them eight or nine years later, right? Like, so you're 25 now. Oh my God, when you were 14, you tweeted this. Like, we're getting it wrong as a society that we have made this decision. And I think it goes to the fact that social media just kind of landed suddenly like a bombshell in society. And most things we have time to figure out how they work because adults control them, right? Like, let me give you an example. Television suddenly lands like a bombshell. Radio lands like a bombshell. There are smart people who are in charge of companies that are based in television and radio that figure out what the rules are and what the rules should be for how that medium is going to be existing. And like your average person couldn't just get a random television show, right? Nowadays with social media, everybody is their own product, right? Like you're your own ability to reach instantaneously everyone. Like in order to get a radio show back in the 1940s, you had to bust your ass to be able to prove that you're trustworthy enough to get on the radio. Same thing is true with television. Now everybody can broadcast immediately to everyone. Everybody is almost equally famous, to put famous in quotation marks. Everybody almost equally is a public figure. And we have no like set rules that we have put in place to try to govern this new social media era. And I think we're just making it up as we go along and getting a lot wrong. Yeah, and Howard Stern talks about that a lot, you know, about his career. And he always makes fun of uh, podcasters and, and people like that because he, he asked them, what did you do to get on air? Yeah. You know, his, his old, old school way of thinking was, you know, he started a small radio station and, and he developed an audience and he proved that he was trustworthy. And then he eventually became Howard Stern. And, and he doesn't like how you could just pop yourself on air today. And you're dead on right, Clay. I mean, social media, that's exactly what it is. Everyone is out there. I'm also interested in this, this idea of, of safe spaces. You know, we started talking about what, two or three years ago? Yeah. Certainly, Twitter is not a safe space. But one area that always was a safe space was comedy. Yeah. I know this kid in Iowa was quoting Tosh.0 or referencing that in some way. You saw the cast member of SNL didn't even make it to one show because he, he said some offensive jokes on a podcast. Um, Dave Chappelle seems to be, you know, even though he takes heat for things, sort of foolproof with, with this. Um, but in so many ways, comedy, I think, has bro- broken down racial barriers over time, as we've seen. And now it's comedy that's also being attacked as something where you can't push the envelope yeah. in terms of what you're joking about. And, and to me, that's that's a really sad thing also. Because if we can't talk about these things comedically and laugh about some of them, I mean, how are we ever going to have these discussions in America in, in 2019? Which just, it, it baffles me, sort of where we are now. Again, we're talking about a story where a noted publication in a paper published tweets for a guy who's 25 years old who had a sign about free beer at a football game, and he turned that into hundreds of thousands of millions. dollars. Millions of dollars. Excuse me. Millions of dollars for a children's hospital, and we've got some loser writer combing through tweets when he was 16. 
and, and it becomes a story, and it also, it, it, the whole thing just, it, it's, look, we can sit there and talk about it for the rest of the show. It, it infuriates me, and I, I'm hoping this is the start of a turning point with these stories because I'm not seeing any support for the Des Moines Register uh, with this story. I, I really have not seen, even if people somewhat back it, they're not talking about it. Yeah, so I, I, I think, think that's a good sign. I think there's starting to be a pushback against the idea of cancel culture, right? And and what's amazing about that, you reference comedians. It used to be, like if you think about the baby boomer generation, the people who were out there arguing for most fervently for First Amendment support were like college kids, right? Uh, the, the, yep. the, like if you were Woodstock, we had the 50th anniversary of. The idea that the people who were showing up for free love at Woodstock, like the hippies, the young generation at that time, would have been opposed to the jokes that comedians are making and policing them to see whether or not they're appropriate would have been fundamentally ridiculous to them. Like, they were free love. They were supporting, like, radical music at the time. They were wearing their hair long. Like, they were totally embracing the full scope of the human experience, oftentimes in a way that was frustrating to their elders. Now what is fascinating to me is, these college kids who were 50 years later, they're like, oh, no, no, we can't be allowed to hear that joke because it might offend somebody. It's like they're the new Puritans. And it's wild to me because it used to be that liberalism was about defending like the George Carlins of the world and their ability to go out, the Richard Pryors of the world, even the Eddie Murphys of the world. And now these same people it's a big circle because now they're coming after Dave Chappelle or Kevin Hart and they're saying, no, 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 you can't make that joke. And I, I just, I hope, I hope that we are starting to fight back against the cancel, cancel culture. But this game day story that leads to millions of dollars being raised for a children's hospital and then we go back and find out this guy sent two tweets. I mean, come on, really? Is this the world that we live in? I just think we're getting it so wrong. Clay, can you imagine if you told someone who went to Woodstock 50 years ago and they're sitting there listening to The Who and you told them that their kids and maybe even grandkids one day would lead a movement to get someone fired for a joke that they made in a, in a podcast one day. They wouldn't even know what a podcast is. But, but how would those people feel? I mean, these were the people that were against Richard Nixon and censorship and things like that. And now a generation, two generations later, it's it's flip-flopped in terms of what's acceptable. It, it, it is fascinating to me kind of where we are, but again, I, I'm with you. I, when I look at the response, to me what's, what warms my heart about this story is the fact that the Des Moines Register is getting absolutely destroyed by everyone, and this writer is getting destroyed by everyone. I think that's a good sign that the cancel culture will eventually stop. Fingers crossed. Good stuff as always. Chad Withrow, we'll talk to you next week. All right. See you guys. You can find him on Twitter at WithrowZone. Lots to unpack there. John Elway followed by Chad Withrow. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply.